0: did not hear that so i'm hoping that we are not are, we have audio you can play this yeah wake up buyer payer people it's a beautiful day go grab yourself another cup of joe and say hello to jim and michelle rhodes on the buy here pay here morning show take it away you two Good morning, hey, everybody. Um, a yeah, morning. It's a really weird start. Can everybody hear us? Yeah, let's um, get an audio check. We were having a little bit of a problem this morning um, when I ran the stinger and it was like, no sound. Uh,
1: so I don't know why. Give us a give us a so, heads yeah, up, Let are us are know you? if you are can. Are you hearing us out there in listener land? Yes. If so tell us where you're listening <laughs> from. So yeah. Exactly.
0: From. Exactly. Um, okay, so if uh, if everything's we aren't hearing anything, so if everything everything looks good on that end, then we can kind we'll of keep moving. Keep moving. Um, all right. So uh, it's Friday. Happy Friday. Um, I you know I, as since I've been uh, a little kid, it's like Friday's a big deal. Right. You know, I, it's like last day of the week for for school, and mm-hmm. and then as an adult, I remember when. Um, uh thank god it's friday yeah kind of yeah it was like a tv thing so sure. yeah it was funny um so it is friday and mm-hmm. uh we've got a, a weekend coming up i'm heading up to go visit my brother up in twin falls and jim's gonna stay home
1: right and Farm. um looking forward to cranking out some work we got a kind of big project that i'm looking forward to digging into so uh yeah i'll be uh It'll be a, a laptop spreadsheet kind of weekend for me. So um <laughs> that's all good. And you can tell that's what I do. I mean that's what's that's, uh, yeah, I and that's kind of what we're
0: gonna be talking about
1: today. So I don't see anybody um I saw a thumbs audio, up, yet. so
0: I'm assuming that audio is great okay. um on on that end. Um let yeah, us know. We so as far as uh, announcements too, just again, um buyer pair united is coming up here yeah. really soon. It's like a week and so many days, mm-hmm. um, starts on Sunday the thirtieth and runs through the second, and then the day after is the um, Neo Super Forum or Neo Forum, right? Neo, yeah, user forum, mm-hmm. and we will be there for that. So, um, any of you out there listening that are coming to You're that, please let us know. Important. Under there, okay, yeah, all right, good, good. yeah, <laughs> I'm still just checking out. I, I not any confirmation, yeah. so I'm not sure um, if i okay. So, yeah, so we we uh um we are gonna talk today a little bit, it's kind of going into numbers a little bit more, mm-hmm. and this is one of the things that I have really loved when Jim is doing this with, with clients. Um, they uh clients will say um, wow, this, I mean, cause it kind of puts things into perspective. And so something that's like light at the end of the tunnel, something that people can really sink, uh, you know, yeah. and, and know like, okay, so I need to get here and I need to get here. And so it's, it's something that's, um, that's very, uh, you know, it gives you, a, a a definitive goal, right. You know, on, on where you should be, especially when you're, um if you're shifting into uh like a new location or a growth strategy or you're brand new or any of that um and this is it's the volume formula and Mm -hmm. it's something like it's funny to me that there's a lot of um a lot of uh dealers that just have never kind of broken it down
1: right to this yeah and so this we need to do some uh kind of um um What do you call it when you have to do disclaimers? We got to do our disclaimers because as you go into this, right. Well, you know, when you start doing cash flow modeling, Mm -hmm. it's like everybody, I I would just ask you to recognize this is imperfect modeling. This Mm -hmm. is for an illustration only. Um, A lot of the numbers that we're uh, leaving the same, um, Mm -hmm. we're doing because I'm trying to isolate variables. I'm trying to illustrate certain variables. Mm -hmm. If you leave these numbers the same and you just change your volume, as an example, what does that mean? to your your cash consumption. Mm-hmm. So it's not exactly a, a side-by-side or fair uh, analysis because what would happen is if your volume increased, obviously your expenses should increase as your portfolio size increases and the demands of servicing and portfolio, the, you know, those would increase. But we... For the sake of this illustration, I just left all the numbers static. Like I just left all the the rate at which we collect or the liquidation rates, Mm -hmm. what I call conversion rates, the rate at which the portfolio Mm -hmm. generates cash. I left all that stuff the same. So same loan structure, Mm -hmm. same down payment, you know, same selling price, et cetera. And and the overhead I left the same. So again, for this purpose, for this illustration, it's just trying to show what is the cost. And and I also got to say, This illustration we're mostly going to talk about is, is like a startup operation, a brand new starting from zero. But the, the, the premise of what we're going to talk about here really applies to any established dealer too, because Mm -hmm. what I feel like we illustrate here and the reason there's a a video recording in the Institute on this subject of volume formula, Mm -hmm. and I started calling it volume formula just because it's, you could also call it the volume factor. It's like, what? is the impact to my business of doing too little volume. That's really kind of what set it in motion for me.
0: Yeah. And we, you know, uh, frequently when we're dealing with new dealers coming in, um, you know, it's like, Hey, I'm, I'm, uh, eating up more cash than I thought I was going to. And so one of the, one of the places that we go to is like, what's your overhead, what's your, you know, and, what are you spending? Yeah. And then, and, and it's, and it ties very nicely in, um to the volume formula too. Right. It's like, okay. So if, if your overhead is shifted like this and let's shift these, you know, shift some of this, these right. numbers. Right. Mm-hmm.
1: And I think what we're really trying to illustrate here just side by side, I picked volume and, and these are all mm-hmm. f- relatively low volume. We, there would be dealers out there doing significantly more, but it's like the, um, the, the thing I want to be able to show is that the, at a volume of 5, I chose a volume of 5 sales a month, 15 Very low. sales a month, right. Yeah. and 25. And, and, but sales.
0: we we know dealers that that's what they just kind of do. less than do. 10 a month. Sure. Yeah, and it might be like um let me give an example of 5 deal, five deals a month. Someone might have a business running uh like a tire shop or something like that and they just do some buy here, pay here off the side, they have very low overhead because there are other businesses covering, mm-hmm. you know, their their location and, you know, all these other things. And so where what expenses would be attributed to the buy here, pay her side? And so five can, right, you know, maybe cover the stuff. Yeah, that, I that, think the thing that I, I, I
1: see and that I, I began to realize I needed to try to help dealers also see through mm-hmm. some visualization and some illustration here is that, when we do lower volume, yes, it means we spend less in, in funding contracts. We, you know, we have less cost of replacing inventory. We have less profits. So we have less income tax. Those are all true. Mm-hmm. What's also true is that a higher percentage of the cash that you do bring in goes into overhead. And so that's, that's yeah. the thing that we have to be watchful of is and, and that's why I started to show with this modeling. And the other thing I got to remember to share about this modeling is remember that it's a, it's kind of a big picture, long range modeling tool. It's meant to help a dealer figure mm-hmm. out first, this is kind of where we start with the dealers. Let's figure out first, if we did this volume, this kind of cost of car, this mm-hmm. kind of overhead. And while the first year to 18 months is really important, it really kind of forecasts five years say, okay, yeah. what's going to be the capital that we need to bring to the mm-hmm. business in order to get to a place where we're cash positive and generating. Um, and cash. this is
0: one of the things that I like about this as well is, you know, when we talk about the cash flow and forecasting tool, that's very complex. This volume formula is really something that's it's pretty basic. Mm-hmm. If if you know what certain numbers are, then you can like you can work this out on your own. You sure. don't need a, a fancy tool. But you just be able to work it out on yeah. your own. I think mm-hmm. if
1: you want to share my screen, I can which, start to show them in the which yeah, the, the laptop. laptop. Okay, so gonna... let's get the let's get the the yellow numbers on the screen, and we can start to. show. Okay, so, so again, we've for been sh- people a lot of have been audio. watching
0: this a lot. Um, uh, we've been showing this. This is our our forecasting mm-hmm. tool. Yeah. Um. So we're just kind of going to uh, start in there, so you can you can see some of the the different.
1: And again, we recognize some of you will be catching this on audio and not being able to Mm -hmm. see the screen. So this is the fourth, by the way, video that we've done or the first fourth morning show that we've done in this series. So Mm -hmm. you are probably going to want to find the first three to to watch with this so that it all kind of makes sense. I'm going to change this volume back to, in fact, while we're doing this, I'm just going to change the volume back to where we, I think we were when we've done the prior sessions so people can see and be reminded about what these numbers Mm -hmm. look like. So again, our cost, our selling price is the same. Our add-ons are the same.
0: Selling price 12.5 add-ons. We got a cost of car
1: seven thousand dollars with recon. We got a cash Mm -hmm. down of two grand. We were using an APR of 24%. And um, and now we've got overhead. So this is an important one. We're only using an overhead number of eighteen thousand dollars. And I use it across all the scenarios. Mm -hmm. I do have it gets a little higher in the second year. Um, which will be a small factor because this doesn't get cash positive until about month 17 or 18. It's mm-hmm. a little different, obviously, as we change the volume. But the bottom line is that that's slightly different because I think I'm using a, an inflation rate, you know, to kind mm-hmm. of uh, run up the volume or the the expenses at some level as, over each year. But again, let's not get too lost in any of this. And I think I would ask any listeners and viewers to not get too wrapped up in these numbers at, at a At a volume of 15 sales a month, this kind of structure, this kind of overhead, we're showing a total capitalization required of 1.5 million. I gotta also remind everybody, we chose to pull the RFC factor out for this illustration. We're not using a discount. So any income tax factor that you see is driven off of a high income, high profit. And so again, but it's the same for every model. So Mm The thing I wanted people to be able to see is these these graphs. So once we go inside these numbers, um, let me find the right graph here. Uncovered expenses. I think you can see it. Can you see that well it's, enough? You think? The
0: expenses? Is this the same uh-huh. one right here? Yeah, it's the same. You okay. want to see if it shows yeah. better on that?
1: Yeah. Mm-hmm. So that is basically the part that the key part that I wanted to try to illustrate of the impact of volume. So look at what I, what I'm calling uncovered expenses. And I chose, and I've got the definition up there, this is expenses. This is all overhead. Well, let me rephrase that it's, it's overhead once we're in revenue. So I need to add that to the label. So it's, it's not, it doesn't include the expenses that we, the money that we spend getting open, this is expenses once we're in revenue. Okay. Mm -hmm. So just operating expenses. So I think what you can clearly see is that the impact of doing low volume from an expense standpoint. At
0: the expenses of the $18,000 a month. Correct. Yeah.
1: And 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 this probably, it probably jumps up to like 21 so, grand in the second mm-hmm. year. Okay. Mm-hmm. Because again, this is roughly over 17, 18 months. Mm-hmm. Now, the, not the, the to get cash positive. that is mm-hmm. The uncovered expenses wouldn't take that long because what this is, is think of it this way. This is your operating expenses. And imagine if you had two things going into one account, if you put all of your, all of your incoming payments into an account that um, also you paid your expenses from. That means another way to say this is that that bank account would require almost $71,000. Extra. Well, yeah, extra from the dealer. In this case, the dealer would have to fund $71,000 in operating expenses because the slow sales volume meant slower buildup of cash flow which meant we didn't, we weren't. So again, it's for simplicity. I just put yeah. principal and interest payments in here, not down payments. I chose to put down payments over on the inventory side. Okay. So this is just operating expenses. So, you know, if you think about, okay, so that just means if I do a low volume, this dealer that does 25 a month. And of course, again, our model says 25 a month from the very first month, which mm-hmm. is not exactly what it typically would happen, but it's just to illustrate if we did do 25 a month from the very first month, that dealer would only have to come up with about $21,000 to cover the overhead of the business because the car payments coming in from the customers would soon cover All that of the expenses, overhead. the mm-hmm. additional volume. That's why I kind of it yeah. the volume formula, the mm-hmm. volume factor here. If we look at the impact of a volume, mm-hmm. and it's interesting that from 25 to 15 is not a big difference, right? Mm-hmm. But when we move to a volume of five, then dealers can see, man, this, I'm not having a hard time with this business. I'm not enjoying this exactly. business. Exactly. Yeah. Right? Yeah. It's like it, in, in a quick illustration is like, that's because too much of the money that you're and, and of course, most of those dealers also have low overhead, but it's still the same it's, premise mm-hmm. is that when we have low volume, so this is the thing that we find ourselves doing. Like when we're coaching a brand new client, mm-hmm. who's never been in the business, they're a little uncomfortable. They're kind of, Afraid to underwrite and approve deals, right? Mm-hmm. So you hear me telling them, and I've told lenders when we're working with dealers. I said I tell them it's important to create some early cash flow. Yeah, and this is this screen right here gives one example of why I would say that. Because here's the, the the exaggerated way that I say it is: if I know that if we write checks for payroll and we write checks to the utility company, that money is not coming back the money that we fund in contracts to customers mm-hmm. even though it's perceived as a high risk portfolio a big part of that money will come back to us mm-hmm. right but the overhead, overhead part will it's gone not. it's yeah. just gone so it's like yeah. that's why i say it's important for us to recognize that going in and so this is why this kind of illustrates or exaggerates a little bit the impact of that because we're just trying to show that when we do lower volume we're just we're delaying the the rate at which we're creating cash flow and so that's why I try to nudge dealers to let's get let's get some contracts out. Let's let's yeah. be kind of aggressive. I always say let's aggressive but not foolish, right? Yeah. We're not gonna be stupid about underwriting. We're gonna be aggressive, we're gonna create some contracts, we're gonna create some cash flow. Sometimes we get penalized by that, our dealers get penalized by that. Uh, with especially the if
0: they're trying to get into um with a lender early yeah. Yeah. on. They, yeah. they because I mean when you're when you're creating and, and usually it's like when we've gone through this um, you know, we talk about like try to get your first 50 contracts on the books as soon as possible. And, and because once you can get to that, regardless of, you know, you're, you're going to have more repos if, if you're just trying Mm -hmm. to be aggressive potentially, but it's like getting that, getting it really primed Mm -hmm. and, and starting to move actually helps it, especially at the very, very beginning, the sooner you can get to that point, the 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 more flexibility and bandwidth you have to start refining what your how you underwrite and well, how you. Do and another stuff.
1: way to think about this is the difference between the volume of fifteen and five right here mm-hmm. is roughly what forty grand of real cash to mm-hmm. the dealer, mm-hmm. right? So it's like when we say that that volume of fifteen, if we did a volume of fifteen and the percentage of those did not work out as well, you can see that our repo rate would have to be a fair amount higher in order for us to, to justify the difference Mm -hmm. in that number. I don't know if I'm saying that clearly, but I'm basically saying, yes, we, we might have more charge offs at the volume of 15, Mm -hmm. but the reality is we know that we have, we know, We have very direct Mm -hmm. cost. Mm -hmm. We might have expense from over from charge-offs at Uh the volume of 15, but we know we have a real expense at the volume of five. So that's why I'm just trying to say that's that's it's a trade-off. And I think we Uh don't talk about that enough in our industry. Like I just because I've worked with cash flow modeling tools with dealers for 20 Mm -hmm. years. Um, I just see this illustrated time and time again. And and we'll work with a dealer and we'll do the modeling and we're trying to get them to you know, get comfortable with a volume of 20, 25 sales a month. Uh-huh. And they're saying, well, I, I, that's a lot of money. Like it just shows I need a lot we of We just need
0: to be, yeah. It's yeah. And, and that's kind of where we step in and like, yeah. how can we that's help you get past that? One yeah. of the things that I love about, you know, seeing it in this form is, and it's because I, I don't know, I'm, I, this is how I break this down yeah. is that you're, you've got a, it's a gap of 10 per. Mm-hmm. And when you go from five to 15 and 15 to 25, if you look at the rate, mm-hmm. I it just, just that, that change from five to 15 mm-hmm. is massive. Yeah. It, I mean, mm-hmm. it really is. That's it's, true. it's, it's a pretty big shift. And then it has a smaller shift when you get to 25.
1: And let's, let's just kind yeah. of break this down a little cur- I mean, I could take you inside the spreadsheet, but I think for our purposes here today, it's easier to just think of it in this term. If we mm-hmm. if we create five contracts a month at roughly 450 a month in payments, then we know what that means we're going to collect next month, we hope. Mm-hmm. And then, and by the way, we've we'll probably experience some charge offs out of those five too. But but bottom yeah. line is we have um, we have some expectation of cash flow and so that's just how long is it going to take us to reach the mark where it's eighteen thousand dollars because that's where i've got the overhead set how long is it going to take us to reach a place of of eighteen thousand dollars of incoming cash that's really what we would want to show in the chart you know if you graphed it like a line do you have do you
0: have like the like at this rate how many months does it take no i didn't do it in a
1: line graph like that i do have another chart that i'll share in just a moment but i think before we leave this one i just kind of wanted to make sure that we to recognize these numbers could be different. Eighteen thousand dollars overhead sounds really low to some listeners. Sounds mm. a little high to a few others. Like it's it varies, right? It really How does. people operate is going to vary. But I think the purpose of the illustration is to say there is a very real cost to us of doing low volume. And what this basically shows is if you do a low volume, and this also assumes the portfolios are performing the same. Okay, same. Same APR, same down payment, same repo rate, same all of the things. So it's using the same conversion rates or liquidation rates, and so it's just really saying, Mm -hmm. okay, if the if the contracts all performed exactly the same, we have a very real cost because that money is costing the dealers taking the more out of the dealer's Mm -hmm. pocket to cover overhead. And so the other thing I think about with this, I, and I didn't really um, break it down for the purposes of our conversation this morning, but I think what I can tell is we're going to need to talk about this more going forward, because the other thing that happens here is I ask dealers and sometimes they forget, and we have conversations, you know, a year later. And and so they kind of lose track of this idea that this approach for me, and when I say a a volume, we're going to uh, try to be aggressive in our underwriting to get to our first 50 contracts. Why? Because we're going to learn in that. We're going to create cash flow in that. Yeah. And then once we get to the place where we're covering our cash flow, covering our our overhead rather, then, now we can sit down and have another meeting. Okay. Now we can regroup and we can think because yes. we can breathe yeah. a little bit. Because mm-hmm. the way I think about it is, now that we've got enough cash coming in to cover our overhead, then in theory the rest of the money that we invest. You know, because another simple way to think of it is now my customers are paying enough to pay my overhead. So yeah. Is one way to think So we it.
0: can keep the doors open and keep everyone paid. Yep. We're at that yep. point. Yep. Yeah. We're not going negative on
1: and so, just keeping so the So now doors we open. regroup. So the way I would think about this in, in advising a dealer who's brand new in the business, I would be basically be saying, let's think of this as phase one. Phase one is just try to get our doors open. Let's get to a place where we're generating enough cash flow to cover our overhead. Phase one. Now we meet again. Let's talk about what we want to do, because now we can retool our business plan a little bit. We got a better idea what our average down payment looks like. The dollars that we put into the business going forward are going to go more into earning assets because we've Mm -hmm. now got our overhead covered. So we can feel better about that money. Even if it takes more money, Mm -hmm. we can feel better that that money is going into earning assets. So now we move into phase two, which is, you know, a pretty aggressive phase. We want to we want to build that portfolio and build the contracts and phase one. In phase two In
0: phase two. Yeah, we
1: want to move through phase one as quickly as possible, get enough cash flow to cover our overhead. Now, as we move into phase two, we got our overhead covered. Now we're all the money that we put into our business is really driving mostly earning assets, which means it's an asset on our balance sheet It's creating cash for us. Like we should, even though it's uncomfortable to put that many dollars into the business. It's, um, it's at least we know that the dollars are assets. It's not unlike going to buy real estate. At least you have an asset that's supposed to generate income and you've got some assets sitting there. (laughs) Yeah. It's an asset or a
0: liability. Yeah. Yeah, Cause yeah. When you think about, I I was listening to rich dad, poor dad, and he was talking mm -hmm. about assets and liabilities and overhead is a liability. It's a big one. Yeah.
1: Yeah, Yeah. for sure. Let's show that other chart now and I can take them into the next piece of this. So, so let me, kind of let our viewers uh kind of get where they can see this and make sense of it so again you can see the um the volume on that is um sorry i I think on my own screen oh you got the document shared so Mm -hmm. we're good Mm -hmm. so on my own screen it just basically shows a volume of five is in blue okay so all those bars you see across Mm -hmm. there in blue is our low volume and of course over there on the that first grouping that's pre-launch spending. That's and I kept all those numbers static. I kept the same we're going to acquire 25 cars at the yeah. beginning. That's our lot of 25 cars. And so and we have initial expenses, so that 205 is the same regardless of mm-hmm. what our volume turns out to be. So all those look the same in that group. The second one is the uncovered expenses which we just showed in a different graph on the one before. Mm-hmm. And now you start to see all count contract funding. So what I the way I chose to represent that number is this is all the money that we spend acquiring inventory, reconditioning it, tax title and license, minus the down payments that we collect from the customers, minus the, not the payments, but the down payments that we collect from the customers and the repos that we recover. Okay, so that's now going into funding contracts. So it's not surprising that that number would be much higher at a volume of 25. That We need mm-hmm. almost 2 million to do that but we're doing a volume of 25, we're creating a big portfolio, creating lots of cash flow, Mm -hmm. but it does take more cash. That doesn't surprise us. And then the last one would be reserved for income tax. You know, when we we do a lot more volume, we create a lot more income, which means we're going to have to reserve a lot more for income tax. So it's not surprising that that number would be. And one of the things that's also interesting here. And this
0: is, again, without the RFC, without mm -hmm. the discounts. Right. Mm -hmm.
1: But I think the other thing that's important to illustrate is that and, and this this happens because I don't think people talk about this enough where volume is concerned, that people think volume, volume, volume. I want to go big. I want to create uh, multiple locations. I want to create huge volume. Well, one thing that our friends, you know, at um, Butler Sanchez and, and uh, you know, Stephen Carstens and all those folks could tell is that you look at this. And what's interesting to me is that even though you're doing three times the volume, your overhead, I'm sorry, your, what you reserve for income tax, which, by the way, we're using a 35% tax bracket. We're just withholding the net. Um, we take a calculation of net income and we withhold 35% of that mm-hmm. and put it just like put it in a, a CD or into a, a you know savings account for paying taxes. But even though our volume is three times the same, notice that you would expect that would mean that three times of what we're doing at a volume of five would be about 450000 But we actually need almost $700,000 in income tax when we do three times the volume. So I just think it's important. Why to think is that? About. Well, it's because once we exceed our overhead, we're in profit. And so we're, we're oh, the, okay. our profit in this model, and it wouldn't exactly look like this again, but but bottom line is you're, if, if our overhead, and you're going to have certain fixed expenses, certain variable expenses, some of those expenses are clearly going to go up. As the portfolio grows, you do more volume, more, more dollars. As I said at the beginning, we're going to mm-hmm. need more dollars. So this doesn't exactly track that, okay? Mm-hmm. But, but it still shows that if our overhead were similar, and we were doing two and three times the volume, then the income tax factor Changes. would become a real one to consider. Mm-hmm. Be- and we that shouldn't surprise Which us. Which is
0: yet. actually one of the reasons why when dealers get to a certain point, it's like an RFC is a really
1: good idea. It's a have-to idea. It's a have-to idea because <laughs> yeah. it
0: really will save you a lot of money yeah. on the income and tax.
1: And as shout out to our folks. We, I look forward to one day doing this, uh, you know, also with uh, the leasing model. Right now we're doing strictly a retail installment Mm -hmm. contract. We're not using the RFC and, and we can come back and do that later. It's just that I think we wanted to have a chance to share with people some things that we find you know, in the work that we do, we see that this happens pretty frequently that dealers don't really grasp. And, and it's mm-hmm. not surprising. I mean, you have to get inside these numbers, you know, uh, pretty intensely to, to get a feel for this. And this is why we just think it's so essential to, to illustrate this, to understand the impact of that volume. Mm-hmm. And, um, and so I, I hope we've done that here today. Like, again, I've just asked everybody to recognize these, this is not anything that's just anything more than an illustration it's meant to just kind of show, but the, they're, they're very real calculations yeah. and they're driven off of what I call and This, I didn't explain on this chart. I call it operational positive cash. So what I mean by that is the point in time that you're generating enough cash from all sources car payments, down payments mm-hmm. that you can now cover your cost of overhead and your cost of replacing the cars that you're selling that includes mm-hmm. ttnl and all mm-hmm. these other things that are associated with cost of selling so all that leaves out mm-hmm. is income tax reserve so I'm calling it operational positive cash. So we'll bring that chart back to our audience. Maybe we talked about, we might start whiteboarding some stuff. Um, I, we, we, I, we,
0: we just got a massive whiteboard. Yeah, yeah. So like, we're really excited about that. But yeah.
1: yeah. It, it may be a way for us and to demonstrate some of the rest of it.
0: And I'm and I hoping that when we do that, that we can um, talk about, because one of the things that I've, I was, I, uh, um, when I said that this is something that a dealer can just kind of figure out on their own, there's obviously with these charts, there's a little bit more involved, Mm -hmm. but I, um, you know, when you've charted out where you can see the, as volume increases, that there's, this is how much you have an overhead and that there's, this there's a point where the volume exceeds the overhead and it's like there's
1: an x that
0: you draw right there you
1: say the volume the cash flow, the cash flow Uh um
0: and then and then there's another one when you're replacing inventory and there's another place where it intersects Mm -hmm. now you've covered that and it's like looking at that on on a sliver Mm -hmm. it's like to get to here if all of these factors play out you're going to need to have X amount of contracts. Right. And then to get to here to where you're now your overhead is covered and your your inventory acquisition at the current rate of what inventory costs and da-da-da mm-hmm. is you're gonna need X amount of mm-hmm. X amount of um contracts. Sure. And it's um, you know, that's that's where that light bulb. Kind of, I'd, I'd sit back and it's like, oh,
1: yeah, okay. Sure.
0: So there's something that I can really sink my teeth into and, and
1: work towards. Yeah. yeah. And while in the end, it's, um, it's a relatively small number in the mm-hmm. grand scheme of things. One of the things that frustrates me about it, I thought of it earlier. I'm just going to throw it out there. Like, I hope that through NIDA and the state associations, we can one day get to a place where dealers don't have all this money they have to front to get a dealership open before they can get in business, because it's not so much true if a dealer's established and they're creating a second location, but for a dealer to get in the buy here, pay your business and to go through all the expense that is licensing. We've seen that in some States, you know, in most States, you have to have a location first and you send in photos and you wait for your application. So you've got all this overhead expense tied up in Mm -hmm. and maybe some payroll expense. We've had some clients have tremendous payroll expense trying to get open. Yeah, You know, thinking they were going to be open, they hired the people, they went in and put them on staff, put them to work, doing little stuff. But my point is, there, in my mind, in my outsider view, there ought to be a simpler way for dealers to be able to get license subject to certain things. And that way they wouldn't have the, the direct cost on the front end. Because I think what that shows right there is if you're, it's very prohibitive. If you're only looking to sell five to 10 cars a month, then that cost of getting open and getting to the place where you're generating positive cash in kind of that phase one period, that's very expensive for a dealer. And so it's, it's, um, it's prohibitive. And I think it's one of the things that to me is avoidable. Like if the agencies would create a scenario where dealers can get a license subject to a location, now they're licensed and ready to go, subject to having those other things now from the time that they start setting up their facility till the time they're doing business is a much shorter cycle. And that would save dealers a lot of money. So, oh yeah, from yeah. from my yeah. mouth okay. to God's ear. I,
0: I I was I was like, I wasn't tracking for a few yeah. minutes or a little yeah. bit there, and then it was like okay, because I was able to put in different scenarios. We've talked to dealers where they're in the middle of licensing stuff. They have to have their location. They have to have all of the stuff in order to be able to even apply for a license. Mm-hmm. But then it's a drug out process of getting all their t's crust and their eyes dotted and they're in sometimes four months where they have this overhead and they can't sell a car sure. at all to cover anything yeah and that's and, and yeah you know
1: you can look at that and you can say yeah but 70 grand is such a small number the dealer actually needs 1.5 or whatever to do a you know moderate volume and and that's true but that's a hard Seventy grand for most dealers that we work with. That's even that, if
0: they have one point five million. Yeah, it's like it's, ah, the funding yeah. of
1: contracts is one yeah. thing. To go out and source mm-hmm. or sell paper or however you want to capitalize yeah. the, the contracts. That's one thing. But the cost of getting to there mm-hmm. is a steep one for yeah. some dealers. And so I just think this is where we.
0: Well, even like uh, I. I it, <sighs> <sighs> um <laughs> <laughs> even the dealers that we have worked with to get them into business that have a lot of capital mm-hmm. that have a lot of bandwidth right. that, but they, a lot of times they understand mm-hmm. this is money. I am never going to see again. Right. And it hurts. Sure. It just, it doesn't matter how much you have in your bank account sure. waiting to, to invest. It hurts yeah. and to you see know, that go to recover it yeah. one day.
1: But by the way, I got to uh, tell our listeners, we, we realized after the fact we could have called this episode "Does Size Matter." <laughs> like we, we, we realized that would have probably been a more interesting and provocative title, but we uh, we chose not oh, to go gracious, there. But uh, <laughs> that's so no, difficult I, to do. I, I, it really is. So, look I'm at the you That's oh, Holy Hannah! Yeah,
0: that funny. Um, uh, thank you. So, I, I, so we're wrapping up. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Cool. Um, uh, Just uh, one little bit of for future announcements we have I just had a conversation with um uh Troy Shear who is over NIADA's marketing department Mm -hmm. just really really appreciate Troy Troy two weeks from today so on um May 5th uh, when we do our typical NIADA I'm getting so much better at that NIADA update and we do them monthly um, and, uh, uh, Jeff Martin's going to be joining us for that, the
1: new, CEO. the new
0: CEO. Um, and it's just, you know, when I hear all the stuff that's been happening at NIADA and there's been a lot of it's, you know, when you shift with a new executive director and and a mm-hmm. lot of the things that have been happening, um, with at, at NIADA, they've been, they've been super, super busy. And so we're like really grateful. We've got them on the calendar. Um, uh, thank you, Shelly. It is more professional. That's why the blush. Uh, yeah,
1: right. Um, yeah.
0: appreciate it. Um, but so we're really excited about that. And, uh, and I think that after we do the June one for the monthly NIAD update, cause I think that we're going to be having some of the, the, um, the finalists for, um, dealer something. Yeah. What are you what, talking? What, about? Yeah. I well we, we, we have a special one in in June and then after after convention we're going to be shifting those NIADA updates to quarterly right um and so yeah we've already kind of talked about this so i'm really excited thank you troy for for getting that arranged so that we could have i got something else
1: that bears mentioning oh on wednesday we're having uh steve levine on the show because we just recorded uh with he and brent carmichael our uh tote the note podcast kind of an extended uh, Mm -hmm. conversation on how to be compliant in your Mm -hmm. underwriting department Mm -hmm. and still maintain the the flexibility and creativity yeah. that it is to be a buy here pay dealer. So yeah. that's a really important subject, uh important topic. He's going to be yeah. on with us Wednesday. So we're going to wait and release that Tote the Note uh yes. podcast um on Wednesday after uh, Steve and, has been on the show. And
0: you know, it, the Tote the Note podcast um that again, for those of you who are not familiar, we do two podcasts. Actually, Jim does two podcasts, right. I do one. Yeah. Um so the Tote the Note podcast uh is kind of like the 60 minutes of buy here pay here it's like the more hard hitting stuff this is more light and you know we do we do education but there's a lot there's a lot of the banter kind of stuff so Tote the note when it's hard questions or a lot of the different subjects um Brent Carmichael joins as a co-host mm-hmm. and um and then whatever the subject is and it's so, not all serious too we had it's some laughter on the tote yeah, the note too yeah so, so and and i i've sat back and watched you know when they get um different guests on w- between jim and and brent it, there can be a lot of fun yeah. um as well
1: but and talking a quick about shout out very, very to our things. sponsor for tote the and now we've had as our sponsor um neo and uh-huh. so you can find them at neoverify.com but they uh they've been our sponsor for the tote the note series so we're grateful to them yeah. for uh for providing that support of that yeah, yeah.
0: absolutely so yeah. we're really yeah super grateful about that um and i think that this is going to be the last episode for their sponsorship for, their for sponsorship. this this yep. year's yeah
1: yep. so so thanks again for yeah. uh, tuning in we'll uh, see everyone again on uh, monday we hope you have yeah. a great weekend hope you collect lots of card payments Yay! today so, yeah,
0: yeah absolutely have a great day and And uh, appreciate all of you tuning in today. I'll talk to you later.